Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for TWIP is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and Audible dot com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash TWIP. And Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off your new account, go to Squarespace.com forward slash TWIP. Is book publishing dead? Derek Story talks about iPhoto 11 and traveling tips for shooters from Rick Salmon. It's Saturday, November 13th, 2010, and this is TWIP. And welcome back to TWIP, your weekly source of photographic inspiration. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. And joining me today on the show are Mr. Rick Salmon and Mr. Derek Story. Hey, guys. Hey, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay. You know, I feel a little outnumbered here because you know each one of you has exponentially more skill and talent than I do. So <laughs> I'm going to try to keep up. But you know, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. Hey, Mr. St- Mr. Salmon, let's start with you. What, what just quickly? What have you been up to? Because you haven't been on the show in forever. You've been dodging our calls and not <laughs> responding to emails, and now we finally got you. No, what, well, what's going on? Well, earlier this year, I was in China. And in China, my blog was blocked, Facebook was blocked, Twitter was blocked. So this is why I couldn't get back to you guys. But uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I did see your emails, but I had like ten thousand of them. <laughs> I was, but so you know, this is why I'm on the show, guys out there listening, because you know I finally got back to them, these uh, my good friends over there. But anyway, uh, I was in Laos, Cambodia, and uh, northern Thailand, and oh, cool. uh, Laos was just amazing. That the people, the landscape, the, the food, the beer, everything. <laughs> wow! So well, we got it. Definitely going to dive into that uh, a little bit later. But just quickly, what was the what was your reason for going out there? Was it just like you had a wild hair and you're like, "Hey, I'm going to Laos," or did you was you or were you on assignment or? How'd no, I just I just love that part of the world, and I always need new pictures for my apps, uh, my books, my presentations. So I thought this would be a great place to you know photograph the people and the culture. Yeah. So yeah, it turned out very very well. Awesome. And Mr. Derek Story, you've been on the show uh, since the last time Rick has been on, but you also have some news to share. What what have you been up to? I hear you got lots of gear, and I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, lots of things going on. Uh, we're going to talk about the Canon 60D today. I'm yeah. testing one of those for uh, review for MacWorld. And I'm getting ready to head down to Ventura for lynda.com. I'm going to do an iPhoto 11. Oh, nice. Training. Wow. So that's, that's going to be uh, my week uh, next week or this week. Oh, I definitely want to t- touch on that a little bit, iPhoto 11. You're, since you're, I would assume you are now fully marinated and versed in, <laughs> in, in, in the app and what it can do and what it can't do. I am fully marinated. Indeed and, I am. you know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about that bug that they had that I want you to talk about, too. You know, the whole... Okay. Oh yeah, uh, Pac-Man, oh, yeah. Well, you, Pac-Man, the, the your library, library bug. <laughs> yeah, the magic trick. Yeah, that's a feature. <laughs> yeah. Every, when I first heard about that, you know what popped into my head? The uh, uh, Batman. Remember, remember uh, the the Joker sequence on Batman where he's like, "You want to see a magic trick?" And he makes the pencil disappear by slamming the guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that. The pencil is your photo library. All right. Um, so we'll we'll talk about that definitely. 
and a bunch of other stuff. But before we do that, I want to give a quick nod to our sponsor, Audible.com. They're the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, uh, featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. And for listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook just to give you a chance to try out the service and kick the tires and all that. Um, so one of the, one of the books that I'm reading right now, and it's weird to say reading cause I'm not reading it. I'm listening to it. Somebody else is reading it to me. Uh, but it's called, um, from good to great, from good to great. It's by Jim Collins and it's a, it's an interesting story. They did a ton of research into how some companies, some large corporations are able to retool themselves and go from kind of mediocre to, or, you know, slightly good to great, you know, like, for example, Apple has always been pretty good, but then they went from good to great. You know, how did they do that? What was they, they basically took a, a gazillion companies or a bunch of companies, I think like 100 or so, that made that sort of leap from, OK, they're an OK company to their exemplary and figured out what that magic sauce was. So, wow. yeah, it's really it's really interesting and it's really well read. It's by Jim Collins. And I think it's also read by the author. So it's one of those. I like it when the when these audiobooks are read by the person who wrote them because they know when to emphasize certain words. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So I would definitely as long check as that they out. They can read, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because some people can write; they just can't read. Oh, uh, the, the yeah. monotone guys can kill you, but yeah, yeah, totally. So I definitely, definitely check that out. It's an awesome book. I'm not done with it yet. I'm about three quarters of the way through it, but it's it's riveting. It's really, really good. Um, and if you'd like to try that book, if you don't have an Audible account already, you can go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash twip. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash twip and download your free audiobook and try it out. All right, guys, let's, let's jump into the news here. Like, before we jump into the news, I just want to talk about the stuff that we kicked it off with, like what you guys have been up to. Mm-hmm. Now, Rick, starting with you, mm-hmm. you told me, or I heard a rumor that you were you know, you're like one of the most published photography book authors walking the surface of this planet and you are walking away from that is that is that true apps. i'm doing apps apps are you know I, I just don't even know where to begin when I talk about apps because, you know, there's so many things to say. The pictures look fantastic on an iPad. I know Derek uh, is, uh, has had a lot of books published, too. And, yeah. Derek, you know, are you 100% happy with the way – with the reproduction in your books of your beautiful pictures? Oh, no, you know, you're going to apps and I'm going to video. So <laughs> That's awesome. So everybody's yeah. going away from the printed, from printed books. It's interesting. Well, wow. well, you know what? One of my books, is, if it's 30 bucks here – it's sixty dollars in Australia and it's sixty dollars in England. That's a lot of bucks, yeah, right? Yeah. But the app, you know, which has you know a lot of great material and it's five bucks. Plus the pictures just look so so great on the iPad screen and and on the iPhone and so it's it's more affordable. It's fun. It's uh, easy to put together. Um, it's interactive. Uh, my apps are interactive. You know, you could press buttons and see movies or. Um, but how does that still- how does that walk how does that work from you know li- looking at it from an economic standpoint yeah. of there's a barrier to entry. You know, not everybody can afford to get an iPhone or an iPad, but anybody can scrape up, I don't know, 40, 50 bucks or whatever. Not anybody, but it's easier to scrape up that amount of money than 500 to get, right. the, get the iPad. So it seems like you're, yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Are you limiting, sure. your, you're limiting your audience to, to get the flexibility and the interactivity or you know, talk me through that? 
Yeah, well, a book publisher, a photo book publisher is happy if uh, if they sell like 5,000 copies. Yeah. 5,000 copies of a book. So with all the, you know, thousands and thousands of, you know, actually you probably know how many iPads are out there or about, Frederick? Any no, guess? I'm not. I, you know, I don't well, even anyways, want to guess. Millions, a lot, a lot. It's yeah. a lot. So the audience is actually bigger. And a lot of it, by the way, is impulse by, oh, there's an app for five bucks, I'll buy it. Whereas, you know, people are going to think about the 30 bucks. So, and also getting back to the uh, photographer in, in Australia who don't want to spend the 30 bucks, you know, if there's, you know, um, 100,000 photographers in Australia or New Zealand or, or wherever uh, who want to learn about photography, this is a very quick, easy way to do it. I actually have this program called App Viz. And every morning I wake up when I'm having my coffee. Uh, before I read your emails, Frederick, you know, invite me on the show. Uh, and thanks again for having me. You know, I check AFIS and the worldwide sales. It's amazing. Poland, uh, you know, um, China. I have a lighting app, believe it or not. It's very popular in China and That's it's in amazing. English. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, so I, are I, you're like, let, let's put it in perspective. So, you know, how many, approximately how many books have you written so far since the start? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, like <laughs> dozens, right? I mean, no, it's, it's, it's 36. It's 36. Yeah, lots and more than, you know, people are lucky to, if, like me, I'm happy to have published one book. Uh, but, but no, just so out of all those books, there's got to be a hero in there. Like, okay, this one book has done yep. better than all the rest. So yep. taking that one book and mm-hmm. comparing that to your iPad and iPhone yep. titles yep. are they, is it competing? You know, are, like, in, in other words, is, is the print sales competitive with the digital sales i have one app called uh, rick salmon's 24 7 photo buffet came out in january i did better on that app than i did on each each of my last five books in four months wow singular right not combined singular right? okay got it wow so yeah yeah no the, but you know i'm into the whole social media thing like you and derek are with the twitter and the facebook so you know anyone who has a book or, or whatever they can have an exhibit you know an app whatever you have to promote it but um you know and it has to be really good the reviews are really important um yeah so i i encourage people to uh actually i, mean, I tell all my friends because i have a couple of app developer friends i say hey listen i have friends who will help you develop an app and i reason i encourage other people to do it is you know, Derek's known me a long time, and I think he feels the same way, that we're really all in this together. And if you help someone, they'll help you, and, yeah. you know, it's good. So, Derek, Derek Story, you, you mentioned that you're also moving in the direction of digital with video. So are you – you also have a gazillion books out there, but you are also – doing lots of digital stuff with lynda.com and all that so is yeah. it is the book side of Derek story enterprises kind of, <laughs> kind of dwindling or 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 is it just like taking a second seat how's that playing out for it's, you no it's dwindled uh, uh I, I i would be very surprised if i did another book in the next couple of years uh, wow I, I think somewhere up the road probably again and uh, i haven't done nearly as many as rick i've done probably about a dozen but, uh, the, you know, I'm actually looking forward to going down and, and recording the iPhoto yeah. title, and I don't look forward to doing books. I mean, there's an agonizing experience. The negotiation over the contract is agonizing. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the, you're, you're at the mercy of the, of the retailers, and that's an agonizing experience uh, because, you know, they'll, they'll sell out of your book right away. And then, and then they won't restock it, you know, or they'll, or they'll send a bunch of your books sitting in the warehouse that they sold out right away. 
and that they won't restock, they'll send them back, and then you get dinged for them. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, it's just it's just a just a, a, a nasty experience. So it's interesting because it's like you know what I one of my favorite pastimes. Not that I buy books. I mean, I still buy books. You know, I still have a I have a bookshelf full of books that are outdated, unfortunately, because we know you know computer books get outdated within yeah, weeks, mm-hmm. um, and I still have all these. So I'm looking at my bookshelf. Um, and I'm like, okay, there's maybe 10% of the books in there that are still relevant. All the photography books that are on technique and that sort of thing are relevant because that stuff is timeless. But the things that talk about, like, okay, Photoshop, she has two, and all the, you know, <laughs> gone. You know, it's totally irrelevant now. And then I go into the bookstore. One of my favorite pastimes is to go into a bookstore and just sort of look at the shelves. You know, and me, I know lots of people in the photography industry. So it's a kick to, like, say, hey, there's Rick Salmon. Hey, Rick. You know, hey, there's yeah. Derek Story. Hey, Derek. You know. Are we saying that that's going away? Like, what? Are, what's a shelf in Barnes and Noble going to look like in say twenty thirteen? Is it going to be empty or well, what? Well, they. I mean, they, in my opinion, they've had a lot to do with you know the feelings that Rick and I have about this because they started dwindling the bookshelves on us. We didn't start dwindling them on them. Yeah, and uh, they started uh, cutting back uh, shelf space in the areas that I like to write about, which is photography and technology. So, in which was harder. And for instance, you go to Barnes and Noble, and they're putting a lot of their own books up on the shelf, and they put them up over ours, you know, mm. instead of ours, you know, books that they can produce cheaper. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it's a wacky industry, and and I don't mean to to go down on anyone there, you know, get down on anyone because, uh, you know, I don't have any hard feelings about it. But they have made it hard for entrepreneurs. Uh, such as myself to uh, to make a living. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's really interesting. So, Rick, from your perspective, uh, when you say apps, you're you're mm-hmm. talking specifically about iPad, iPhone, and iPod Touch, right? Correct. But but we're looking. You you look. You I mean you look at the news and everything you read about in that particular industry is saying that you know looking forward. The iPod or the iPad, yeah, it broke new ground, but hey, there's going to be some pretty cool devices coming out from other manufacturers and on other platforms. So, Mm -hmm. not to say, you know, I'll have my iPod forever, I'm Mm -hmm. sure, or my iPad Mm -hmm. forever, but there's going to be alternatives out there. So, are you going to diversify into those or are you going to stick strictly with iPad? Well, I tell people, actually, in my photography, I tell people that, uh, you know, my, that's kind of a joke. My specialty is not specializing because I do, you know, many different types of things. Then I go on to say, you know, diversifying in your investments is really smart, too. So I think in apps, diversifying is also going to be uh, very smart. Uh, you know, I supply the content. I work with three different uh, app developers. You know one of them, uh, Dr. Dave Wilson, right? Yeah, I do. He's actually going to speak at one of my meetups coming up. Yeah, Dr. Dave Wilson is a great guy. He's one in California. I have one on Long Island up here, uh, Craig uh, Ellis. And I have uh, my friend Juan Pons down in North Carolina. So I supply content, and these guys turn the content into the apps. Uh, how they do it, I don't know. But I'm sure every app develop. I'm not sure. My guess is that every uh, a lot of app developers, Apple app developers right now, are, are looking towards the future because if they want to you know, expand and diversify, they're going to have to know how to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So, Derek, on your side, you mentioned, you mentioned video. Uh, but before we talk about that, I'm, I'm curious, are you – like the printed word in general, are you going to move away from that and go into more of a multimedia direction or will we see like ebooks coming out of Derek's story or that sort of thing? Well, there you know, there's so much media uh, out there right now, and there's so many different things to do. So I, yeah, I write every day. 
Uh, I love blogging, and uh, so I still do that. I love writing for magazines. Magazines are something that are near and dear to my heart. So, uh, and I subscribe to magazines also uh, on the iPad, but I also like printed magazines. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I, you know, I write for Macworld magazine, and and I love that. So I, you know, it's going to be a little bit of everything. It's going to be a little photography, a little video, and you know, still lots of writing because uh, at the end of the day. Writing is writing, and it can show up in all sorts of mm-hmm. different places. Yeah, yeah, and it can be read, and it can be a, an, an audio book, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what about you, Rick? Are you uh, are we going to see any ebooks coming out of you, or it's it's all apps? Well, you know what? I did some ebooks on on DVDs, and I was selling these, and you know, I had some DVDs on, uh, and I had some ebooks that people could download by PDF. So I go to this seminar, and this guy says he comes up to me to make a long story short. What happened? And I have this beautiful like guitar music in the back. This is my life lessons. I, I turned this um, this ebook into um, uh, an app called Life Lessons. It's an, it's it's an inspirational uh, um, ebook with, like that has uh, beautiful photographs along with inspirational quotes. So anyway, I was selling this as a PDF, right? So I go to the seminar, and a guy brings me his laptop. He had found someone who could turn my PDF into a PowerPoint presentation, and they put Celine Dion's Titanic song in the background. <laughs> I'm not Uh-oh. kidding. This happened, this, this happened last week, guys. So, one great thing about the app is, you know, people can't share it, to my knowledge, right? You yeah. download, you can't get it off your phone. So, that's, a, that's actually a very, very good thing, um, I yeah. Think. Yeah. Absolutely. On on your side, on, Derek. Derek, on your side, with uh, you know, moving more into video. What what does that look like? I mean, when you when you say you're moving more into video and away from traditional publishing, mm-hmm. paint a picture of that. Well, I like it because uh, I love teaching, and so when I'm teaching via video, I I really feel like that I'm doing more what I what I like to do in terms. I get to get the gesture i get to use you know my voice uh in ways that i want to use it uh and i get to really sort of reach out more and not limited to the printed word rare another thing about the printed word is that you have to deal with an editor and um and you know that sometimes in all honesty uh, will change your voice a little bit yeah so so for me to be able to to just be myself and teach the way that i want to teach video is is a great medium for that and i think people People like it. Uh, I think they like you know watching something over and over again until they get it exactly the way that they want, or or going really quickly through them. You know, I'm sure they scrub through me sometimes. <laughs> I don't like to think about that, but I'm sure it happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, but just to be clear, when you when you say video, you're talking about um, e-learning and the Lynda.com type stuff, and yeah, that kind. Of, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, as part of my work as photographer. I, shooting a lot of video and that's more two to three minute stuff and again it's so easy to tell a story with video i can i can tell a complete story in a minute and a half uh with video sometimes and that's really cool yeah and i see a lot of bloggers moving away from uh you know sitting in front of the computer every day and typing out a couple of paragraphs and posting that or traditional blog posting and moving into video you know and doing video posts are we going to see some of that from you derek uh Probably not. I mean, the one thing that my listeners <laughs> have told me on uh, digital stories, go ahead and, and, you know, play with all this other stuff. You know, enjoy yourself. Uh, add it on, but don't take away what you're already doing. Because people, this is true with audio only also. People, they have routines, and a lot of times the printed word and audio 
is part of a specific routine, like when you're uh, driving in your car or, uh, you know, when you're waiting in line, you know, at the doctor's or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't see me doing less of the other stuff as probably just adding on to it. Got it. What about you, Rick? Are you going to are you we're going to see your smiling face on your website uh, in your blog post coming up? Uh, absolutely. And actually, I'm doing a, a DVD on how to shoot videos with the 5D and the 5D Mark II and the 7D, which is coming out next year. But getting back to something that uh, Daryl said, um, <laughs> I have another friend, Daryl, uh, that Derek said, uh, you know, he said something very, very interesting, I think, and important. He said, you know, doing the videos allows me to be myself. Yeah. I was talking to uh, some people the other day, and we were saying, man, oh, man, there's so much free stuff on the web, including the stuff that's in my books, maybe some of the stuff that's on uh, Derek's site, whatever. But there's so much free stuff on the web. What are we going to do? How, what, what do we have to sell? And one of the people in the group said, our personalities. And I think this is really true for the, for the people out there who, you know, want to do stuff like this. Derek is actually... One of the nicest guys I know, not only one of the smartest, most articulate, most knowledgeable, I could go on and on and on, but he's selling his personality. He's promoting his, you know, he's not promoting his personality, but his nice, warm, friendly, um, uh, you know, uh, loving personality comes through in what he does. And Frederick, the reason you're the host of the show, you have a great personality. And I think that this is something that a lot of people don't think about, Um, Oh, yeah, and they, it's hard to it's hard for that. I totally agree with you. It's hard for that that kind of the nuances of your personality to come yeah. through in in the written word. I think mm-hmm. you know, you, yeah. you, you can if you know if you're skilled, you can get it somewhat there. But I think people are always going to hear. They're going to mm-hmm. in their mind's eye. They're going to hear and picture the pictures that they want to, rather than what you are you, what right. you're intending. So yeah, well, I, it, it's really interesting the way that works. Part of and thank you, Rick. That was very nice. Oh, of you. sure. Well, I uh, know you for um, a long time. <laughs> but uh, it, Rick and I go way back, and I feel the same way about him. Uh, but one of the things, one of the goals of the printed word, because you go through all these editors, is to make sure there's absolutely no mistakes, no flaws whatsoever. And I think part of what makes people with personality interesting uh, are their flaws, are yeah. their, their 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 humanness. And so when you know. I, I don't always speak exactly uh, correctly and all that sort of stuff. And I think so that, but I don't let it get in the way of the message. And so I think that humanness is sometimes what attracts people to other people. And that's the very thing that gets taken out uh, when Mm -hmm. you're in the book process. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a Japanese phrase or saying, I forget what it is, but basically the gist of it is, Something that's that's flawless and perfect isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it needs to have a flaw to make it unique, right? So you, know, you have a perfect sphere. It looks great, but then if it has a little flaw yeah. on there, then it becomes unique and one of a kind rather than just one of many. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That is yeah. really interesting. So what's what's next on, on your side, um, Derek? What's next for you in terms of all this multimedia type stuff? We know you're going down to Linda and you're going to you're going to do some magic down there on iPhoto. But what's after that? Well, I you know, I'm fairly conservative. I, I, I do the, the blog and the podcast and, uh, you know, the regular writing and so forth. But I'm going to do a lot of Linda titles uh, this year. I'm going to keep doing the workshops. I'm in love with doing the workshops. Uh, you know, here up here in Santa Rosa, yeah. and so I, I've I've doubled 
I've doubled that list uh, for 2011. Oh, great! And, where, uh, where is that at, by the way? Because I know is it is it sold out again? Didn't you did one since the last show, right? And that one was completely oh, yeah. sold well, out. What I do is, and yeah, actually, I'm having a lot of uh, folks that listen to the show write in. All they have to do is just send me an email, you know, Derek at thedigitalstory.com. And just say, I want to be on the reserve list because it, it works totally off the reserve list. They, they never get announced because of the, of the reserve list. So, but uh, it works great. And once you go on the list, you will, you know, you will get to choose a, a workshop. Oh, that's great. Okay. But they're a lot of fun. And again, it's the same thing. You're, 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 you know, the whole thing I try to do is, is make a living at what I love doing. Yeah. And so it, when something, uh, when I fall out of love with it, uh, then, I, then I try to replace it with something that I'm really passionate about. And the workshops is great for that. Yeah, that's great. Now, Rick, you're, you're also doing workshops and that sort of magic, right? What's, what's next for you? Well, I'm doing that. Uh, I'm really into this DVD that I'm doing on how to shoot video with Juan Pons on how to shoot uh, videos with the 5D Mark II and the 70s. We were at 70. We were down in this wonderful, wonderful place uh, about two hours south of Dallas called Fossil Rim Wildlife Center. And we were getting some, we got some incredible videos of the cheetahs, the rhinos, the giraffes, the wildebeests. I mean, this going here is like going to Africa, only much cheaper and it's much closer. So I'm learning a lot. You know, uh, Derek, <laughs> you've written a lot of books. I'm, I'm sure uh, you've heard the expression if you want to be good at something, write a book about it. <laughs> And it's yeah, true with these no videos. Kidding. I mean, by shooting this in different situations, yeah. I, I'm learning. I'm learning so much, including how many accessories you need. <laughs> yeah. You know, to, to just keep the camera level and to be able to, you know, uh, change change it and to pan smoothly and to tilt. Uh, you need a lot of accessories. So I'm really I'm getting more and more into uh, videos. Now, Rick, one one thing I wanted to throw back at you from the from the earlier part of the conversation was. You know, moving away from we were talking about moving away from the printed medium and into mm-hmm. apps and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, and I've got some books in there. I've got coffee table books in there, like mm-hmm. these gigantic, massive right. books that each page you turn, there's another. Mm-hmm. You know, wow, look, it's right. Mouse, and you know, Rick Salmon was standing in the rice bag. You know, that kind right. of thing. <laughs> um, what about those books? Are are those because you? I don't. You can get video and audio and all that stuff out of an yeah. iPad, but you never, unless they make a gigantic iPad, you're never going to get that sort of large, impressive print on the page experience of a mm-hmm. of a coffee table book. Are you gonna? Are we going to see any more of those from you, or or is that gone too? I think what maybe uh, in like ten years or something like that, if I could get my best pictures together, my favorite pictures together, and do something like that. But coffee table books are—you uh, don't make a lot of money on a coffee table book. Basically, it's an ego trip, unless it's oh. a special. I have a friend, Joyce Tennyson. Joyce Tennyson did a, a wonderful book called Wise Women, and then she did a book called Wise Men, and she—I think she sold two hundred fifty thousand copies of Wise Women. But I have a, a beautiful coffee table book uh, called Flying Flowers. It's saw uh, beautiful pictures of living butterflies taken all over the place, including down in Mexico where I was in the colony of 30 million bu- monarch butterflies. Wow. But these, these aren't big sellers. So, you know, they're great ego trips, but they're not big, they're not big sellers. Yeah. What about you, Derek? Do you, do you think the, uh, the coffee table book is not long for this world or, or what? Oh, I think they'll be around. And there are great artists that, that make beautiful books, Joyce being one of them. And and uh, maybe someday up the road, but uh, it's it's something that I think you do as a special uh, for some special reason, yeah. uh, as a project or, or 
or some kind of retrospective. Yeah, like Rick Smolin in the Against All Odds company mm-hmm. that he runs, and he did like the mm-hmm. Barack Obama thing. So it's very, mm-hmm. you know, in event specific, but not you're not. What I'm what I'm hearing is you're you're not going to go out next week and do a like Rick. You're not going to do a picture book or a coffee table book on Laos and put uh, that yeah. on the market. I would love to, but but you said something. You mentioned Rick Smolin. I'll throw in a can I throw in a funny story? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I'm down at this uh, photography event in Florida, and this girl comes up to me and she says. Rick, you have changed my life. Your vision, your photography, it's just so wonderful. I can't believe how you see the way you deal with color and light and, and, and emotion. You just capture the feeling of the, of the moment. And I really like your Day in the Life series. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those listening out there, and uh, if they hear Fred laughing, I'm not the guy who wrote the Day in the Life series. That's Rick Smolin. It's another I'm, Rick S, right? I'm Rick Savage. She thought I was Rick, Rick Smolin. So I say to her, after this long buildup, I said, man, oh, man, thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Hey, hey, before we leave books, just one other thing. You yeah. know, if, if Rick or I or you or anyone listening – wants to do a, a cool book that sits on the coffee table, we can do that now and we can do them, you know, one or or ten off. And they're beautiful. You could, you know, work through Blurb or, you know, any number of the people producing books right now and do some great stuff that's yes. just you and you don't have to have anyone else in your business to do it. Right. And you can do that directly out of iPhoto, right, Derek? Sure can. So you that was my that was my not so subtle segue into the fact that you are you're gonna be recording a title with Linda on iPhoto. Can you just, this is for the folks who may not know that iPhoto 11 is out and what it can do. You want to just touch on why it's different than iPhoto 10? Well, I think a lot of uh, what happened in iPhoto 11, uh, that's the current version right now, is that they wanted to, to kind of clean it up under the hood a little bit. So a lot of the code is rewritten just to make it run nice and smooth. But uh, one thing that Apple's doing right now is they're taking the lessons that they learn in all the different areas, and they're, they're moving those lessons into uh, other areas. So, for instance, what they learn on the iPad, uh, they're trying to bring to some of their desktop stuff. And I think iPhoto is a good example of that. It feels a lot like working on a big iPad mm-hmm. uh, at times. It's um, visually, they, they've made it cleaner. And another thing that's that's going on is because of the iPhone and because of the iPad, we've got a lot of new people coming to the Mac these days that are that are Windows were Windows users, or are still Windows users. And what they want to do is that when people, since we've got all these new people coming to the Mac, they want that first experience to be to be good, and they want people to get have a fast start. And so another thing that they're working on is just really kind of cleaning up those interfaces. They, they're, they're simplified, which you know, some users don't like. They go, hey, you took away this or that. But uh, Apple's bigger picture is, hey, when someone's coming over from Windows and they fire up a Mac and they want to do something with their photos, we want them to find you know, their way right away. Yeah. And so I think that's a lot what's going on with iPhoto, too. So are we – one other thing on, I, on the, this latest version of iPhoto, right after it launched, there was this big hubbub about it – you know, doing the Pac-Man thing on people's yeah. libraries and, you know, basically deleting the libraries. that And that's fixed now, right? Oh, yeah. there uh, An update came out uh, pretty fast. And it was interesting. I, I had just um, published my review of iPhoto on Macworld. 
And, you know, we do the online version and then it comes out in print. And so some people were writing, uh, you know, when, uh, to the online version and the comments are going, well, you know, you didn't tell people they should back up their photos first. And I'm just thinking, you know, really, oh, my God, do we still have to tell people that they should have more than one copy of their photo yeah, yeah. Uh, on their computer? Because, I mean, if, if you know, that, the thing that, that bug that happened with iPhoto did happen to some folks. I, I don't know anyone personally that happened to, but I uh, certainly read about it on the forums yeah. that it did happen to some people. And it was very unfortunate. But uh, at the same time, really, I, you know, I just wanted to say it once and for all. Just like back up your stuff, back it up, and you know whether it's your photos or whatever else, so that if something weird happens, you know you have recourse, and uh, and that's that's the thing, you know all your iPhoto library, your Lightroom, whatever, it all should be backed up. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. You're you're backing all your stuff up, right? You're not working on a tightrope. No, I definitely back up. Actually, uh, getting back to Laos and uh, and Cambodia and Northern Thailand. At the end of the day, <clears throat> I download all my pictures, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, all my files, and I, I back up on two different hard drives, and I carry, you know, a 500 gigabyte hard drive with me in my either pants pocket or uh, or my shirt po- pocket because those pictures are very very valuable. So not only do I back them up, so you know they're, they're safe in case something happens to, to the other drive, but you know, say something, someone you know walks into my room and takes uh, my hard drive or, or a case with some computer gear in it. I have those pictures with me all the time. Yeah, yeah, they're that important. Yeah, yeah, that's you can't stress that enough. You know, it's, yeah. you buy all this expensive gear and lenses and and perfect your technique but the weakest link is those bits on the on whatever mm-hmm. digital media if they go away all that work is gone right so yep so Derek you are so iPhoto and I'm jealous because I know that you have in your possession a new MacBook Air I do I'm, ver- I'm very sad about ooh, that cuz I don't have one. <laughs> what yeah. are your what are your first impressions uh I took it uh on the trip to New York so uh, for Photo Plus, and I had to uh, shoot and edit video there and raw files with the 5D Mark II and uh, all my other work. And I, I got the built-to-order Air, so it's the one with uh, the faster processor and 4 gigabytes of RAM, the 13-inch. And I have to tell you, it, it did a great job. It really it is a fun computer. And um, I was just looking at the speed test. Macworld did... Uh, speed tests on the built-to-orders, and they've published those also. And it hangs in there real well, even with the with the 15-inch, the current 15-inch uh, MacBook uh, Pro. So it it does it does real well. And and fortunately for me, the areas that it does uh, exceptionally well uh, is with Aperture and uh, the photo processing and stuff like that. Yeah. So I love it, and it's so light and thin. People want to hold it. I mean, this is one of those things that happens when, when as soon as someone sees it, you know, they just want to touch it, and you just hand it to them. Of course, you can just hand it to them with one hand. Yeah. And um, it, they really, people just love holding it. Wow, Rick Salmon, are you uh, you going to put that on the list of your things you got to buy next? Uh, I'm pretty happy with my MacBook Pro and my iPad, and uh, I think I think I'm set. Nice. nice. I, I I need some more accessories for shooting video. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, you're we're going down an expensive path there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's a never-ending expensive path. Yeah, because yeah. like Alex, if we had Alex on the show, he would he would tell you, you know, you, there's no end to that rabbit hole, especially when it comes to sound, which you know, people just getting in, into this may not realize how very very important sound is. Uh, yeah. I was using the Sennheiser wireless mics, like a lot of people use, but you know, sometimes you can't get interference. Uh, we were down in Photoshop world. We were getting interference, so I travel now also with the with the wired mics. Wow, yeah, it's uh, yeah, definitely a different world. And editing and storing all that video and all that magic. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Derek? I know you have a sixty D as well that you're playing with. How do you find the time to blog and play with your yeah, MacBook yeah. Air and travel and play? Come on, we're, there's got to be two Derek's. Blow it's Derek. all hooked together. That's, that's, <laughs> you just just stay stay in your niche and you'll be okay. And you know, not be totally addicted to sleep, but um, uh, the 60D is fun. And you know, the point that I wanted to make—we were talking about this off-air a little bit, Frederick—is that I think Canon made a mistake with the 60D, and it wasn't the camera itself; it was what they named it. They should not have named it the 60D. They should have come up with a new name for it because I think what happens is all those people that have the 40 and 50D—they're expecting sort of. Uh, an updated version of that, and the 60D is a is a brand new camera. It's mm. completely different, sort of like what they did with the 7D. Really, it's uh, they just sort of created a new area. Wow, and so, it's a fun one. No, go, go, so what what makes it fun? Well, if it's lighter, uh, which I like, because if I want the heavy camera, I'll shoot with the 5D Mark II, and uh, but it feels really good. It's exactly. In between, size-wise, between the the Rebel, the current Rebel, and the 5D Mark II. So it's right in the middle. Feels really good in the hand. Very nice uh, grip on the camera. Has a swing-out LCD that's also articulated. So it you can see it really well. And it does, when you're recording video and motion, it, it refreshes uh, very, very well. So it also has an external mic jack. And it has manual audio controls. And as Rick was saying, that even when you're doing simple video like I do, I do more reporting more uh, with the video, that uh, the audio is very important and being able to control the audio is uh, very important. So I always use an external mic if I can. So uh, it's, it's set up very well that way. A nice frame rate, 5.3 frames per second. Very speedy wow. uh, for you know for a, a prosumer camera, and then the image quality is just fabulous, just absolutely off the charts. Do you uh, find do you find yourself actually using the swing out uh, LCD a lot? Because I, I know I, I've oh, seen those on older cameras, and I'm like, well, would I ever use that? I'm kind of used to just looking at the back of the camera. When do you when do you use that? Oh, you know, it's so much fun. Uh, one of the things that I teach in the workshops is really changing your perspective uh, to, to kind of freshen up your photography. So holding the camera up high, bringing it down low, uh, you know, all those different angles, even for still photography. It's amazing if you take the camera from where you normally shoot and you lower it three feet and look down into that swing-out LCD or you put it above your head, you, you literally have three different shots. I mean, they are three different photographs over your head, your normal height, and down low. And I think the LCD uh, that moves like that, uh, if, you, if you embrace it, it makes you more creative. I, I really think that it, it, it enables experimentation. And I love that about it. So I, I like it a lot. 
Well, you know, wedding and news photographers are always holding the cameras up high uh, and not, and, you know, guessing where they were pointing. But now, yeah. you know, uh, so yeah, when I travel, if I'm doing a festival or something, you know, I, I don't have the camera yet, but yeah, that feature would be good because right now I'm looking at the live view, but it's at the wrong angle. Yeah, and when I hold a camera up high, it's up high, you know. <laughs> so, and you're high anyway. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. high anyway, and then I have the the long arms, so I can. <laughs> so that LCD is uh, fabulous for me. I mm-hmm. I got my own. It's like yeah, might as well be in a hot air balloon there. I know? was gonna say you should put <laughs> like aircraft warning lights on your hands. Exactly. When you go- <laughs> It should get a, a red flashing light for the top of the 60D. It goes in the hot shoe there. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Rick, are you? Uh, did I hear you right? Are you in the market for a 60D, or are you going to wait for Derek's review to come out? No, I, I think I'll get one because there are situations where you know I'm definitely going to be holding the camera up high or, or low. Uh, actually, getting back to fossil rim, I was photographing this. We were actually making a video of this rhino. And I was like down on the ground and I'm squinting. So I, I think that's actually a great feature. And I talked to a, a few people who actually waited till this camera came out um, for, that ver- for that feature alone for the screen. Yeah, I, 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 a lot of, I heard the same thing, Rick. And then another feature that they came out with, which I just think is killer, and it's only on the Nikon has this on a lot of their cameras, but Canon is just now warming up to it is that they have the controller for off-camera flash built into the 60D. Mm. So, yeah. which I means I don't have to, to carry that stupid transmitter around anymore. Is that the, S- you, the STE2 or something? Is that what yeah, it, whatever yeah. that thing is. You know, the little, the little yeah. brick that sits in the hot shoe there. It's yeah. so, STE2. Yeah, so now you can um, you can control that uh, from the from the 60D, and I just love that because I, I think off camera flash is you know such a big deal, and uh, to so now I can just carry one flash and just the 60D. It's a very light rig, but yet uh, you know I can I can do my off camera flash stuff. Yeah, that's great. Is this going to be your walk around camera, Derek? Do you think? Yeah, so it's a, it's the walk around. It goes. Uh, I I carry it in my little backpack. It, it's so spoiled right now as I'm testing all this stuff. I, I really feel like a brat because I, I got my little low pro backpack uh, with the 60D in it and the MacBook Air and the iPad. So I've got all this power and it doesn't weigh anything. And I just go, oh God, you know, just I just want to stay in this moment in time for a few seconds and enjoy <laughs> you it. You have enough computing power in your backpack to launch the space shuttle. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's true, yeah. And, it, and it weighs like you know six pounds. It's just crazy. That's insane. Well, and, you know, and it's 2010. Who knows what you're gonna what your backpack will look like in two years from now? Right? Yeah. I know it's true. Wow, it's crazy. Uh, you know, before we move on from that, Rick, I was curious as to your your walk around camera you know a lot of photographers have their their main gear their mm-hmm. dslr and the three lenses that they carry around with them all the time if they're going to go on assignment but like for you mm-hmm. if you're just going out to a restaurant say you're in laos and you're right. done with your shooting for the day right you go back you clean up and you're going to go head out on the town to grab a drink or whatever what do you take with you well i have my iphone camera of course yep. but uh and i should upgrade but i, I still have the g10 I like the little uh, the G10, the G, the Canon G series cameras is just incredible. You know, shoot raw, shoot videos, have the built-in flash. <clears throat> uh, you know, I don't know if I'd use a 60D or an SLR as my walk-around camera because I, I really want that you know the compact size mm-hmm. to be able to fit to a pocket. So yeah, I like the G10. Very. Cool. How about you, Frederick? What do you have? Yeah, um, Frederick, you got to you got to <laughs> advocate for the Nikon side here. 
Well, I cannon guys, you know, jabbering away. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I can fend you off. Um, you know, it's funny you mention that because I just well, normally I carry around my iPhone, of course, but I also have I still have my G nine, and yeah. the listeners will know that you know the reason that I still have that G nine and haven't upgraded it was because I was waiting on my new digital SLR to arrive. Now it has not arrived yet, but I do have a rental. Uh, from our friends over at borrowlenses.com. They sent over a D7000 for me to play with until mine gets here next week. So I have a D7000 in my hand, and this thing is... I just got it today, actually. And... I'm falling in love with it. I'm like, man, this podcast needs to be over so I can go play with this camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's uh, it's beautiful. And Rick, like you, I think it'll be a, a purpose-based kind of thing. I don't think I would... It's light enough and small enough to be a walk-around camera, especially if I throw a 50-millimeter lens on it. But... Mm-hmm. But I think uh, for normal, like all the time, my 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 uh, iPhone is with me, so I'll take shots with that. If I'm going out and I, you know... It, it, I, I hope to get something more substantive than the JPEG out of the uh, out of the iPhone. I'd probably take the G9 with me, but if I want to be cool and take a SLR with me, it'll be the D7000. And then a real shoot, like if I'm going out on a wedding or a model shoot or something, then I'll probably take the D700 or the the D3. So I think you're going to get my guess, and we'll we'll check in on this on a future show. I think you're going to get more hooked on that D7000 than you think right now. You think so? I do because I do. of the video. That's the main, the main reason I got it was because of the video. And I'm well, the, sick of all you Canon definitely. people teasing me about how you can shoot video, and I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, the the video on that on that camera is great, but I it, it's 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 a good size. It it feels good. It's it's a responsive camera, and again, uh, it it takes awfully good photos. And I think when you start seeing some of the photos pop up on your computer screen that you shot with that. Yeah, and you know, kind of how light and fun it is to shoot with. I I think you're going to probably get pretty excited about it. That's my guess. We'll but, see. All right. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping I'm going out to shoot with it today to put it through its paces, and we'll see. Full report later. All right, guys. We are God. We're the show is flying by. Look at that. Fun. Amazing. Let's jump into some listener Q and A uh, before we before we move oh, yeah. on. So um, there's, geez, we got some good questions in here. So do you want to, Derek, you want to take question number one? Yeah, sure. Go for it. So uh, this is Starfire from Chicago. So I finally broke down and started a Flickr account and have some questions. And these are, these, these are good questions. These come up a lot. So this is great that they wrote in. Yep. Uh, do I want to watermark? I'll read the questions first, and then, then we can haggle over them. Do I want to watermark my images? Do I want to upload high-res JPEG? And uh, do I want to uh, let Getty accept one of my photos if they ever look at uh, one of the low-res watermarked images? So, you know, they're thinking, they're thinking what a lot of people think about when they first start sharing photos online, which is, you know, how do I protect my stuff? You know, I think that's – and then if I protect it, you know, will other people want it like Getty? And uh, so watermarking, I tell you, that is such a personal thing. Uh, I personally don't watermark. I, d- I don't like to do it because when I, when I share a photo, I want people to, to see the photo. I don't want them to see some digital story watermark on there. So yeah. I don't. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a totally personal call. And if, if you do feel the need to watermark, then, then do so in an application that allows you to control the intensity of the watermark. And so 
that at least looks elegant and and you know use a nice logo don't put your name in in bold type across the bottom because <laughs> yeah. i mean the whole idea is you know we want to share uh, you know you want to create an emotional experience for someone that looks at your photo you don't want that emotion to be you know be repulsed yeah you know, by, by all that so if you do do it elegantly and then uh jpegs i i I upload 1024s, uh, you know, 800 pixels wide or 1024 pixels wide. And uh, because I want people to be able to see the image, you know, I don't want to just give them a little 400 pixel wide shot because they can't see that and they can't enjoy the photo. Yeah. But uh, it, do you want to go bigger than that? I don't see any reason why because the whole idea is to share the image. And most people, if they look at a 1024, it looks good. On most devices, including an iPad, so um, you know somewhere in there should be good. And then the whole Getty thing—I don't really have uh, a comment on that. Rick, do you have? What is your feeling about about that part yeah. of it? Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I'm not into uh, Getty, so I, I really don't know. I honestly yeah, don't know. I, I, I don't I I don't I don't know either. So uh, Frederick, you have a feeling? yeah yeah. I mean yeah. So what what this what uh, Starfire is talking about is on Flickr. They have the the I guess it was sometime this year or late last year they implemented the the option for you to say yes I want Getty to be able to look at my images and use that and pay me a licensing fee to right. use my images from Flickr. So theoretically, you're uploading all this stuff, you know, happily, and then one day you get a note from from Getty that says, hey, that shot of that flower you did, we want to use it on a magazine, or we want to use it for something, yeah. would you like to license it to us? So, But you have to agree to let them do that. And Starfire is asking, uh, you know, if I want a chance to let Getty accept one of my photos, will they even look at the low-res version of that photo? I think they would. I mean, they'll look at it, and they will probably, and not channeling getty here but they would probably ask you to send them a high-res version of that but you know i guess yeah the other piece of that is i wouldn't i mean i i'm not into the whole like nicolzi is into the whole licensing your images out and doing all that stuff i'm not into that so i'm and i use Flickr for a very different purpose than everything else i use Flickr for like my iphone shots or you know, it's less less professional kind of images I, I use Flickr for that I want everyone to see, and it's kind of a traffic driver too, because when it, I when you post it yeah you post images on Flickr, then people see it and they talk about it and they comment, they link to it, and you can you know put a link to your blog in the comment or in the uh, in the description, and so it's another social media traffic driver. What do you, what do you think, Derek? Yeah, I I mean that's the way I I use it and and I like I'm a sharing kind of guy so you know I I like people to have a good experience when they look at my stuff so I don't want to cripple it too much. Yeah. But I do think we should put out there, you know, if someone's really into the the Getty side of Flickr, I'd like them to to maybe write into the show, Frederick, can we yeah. say that? Absolutely. And, yeah. And because I and I think it's something we should probably do justice to and and you know talk about a little bit more pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, professional photographers, uh, and I'm not going to put words in Rick's mouth, or I'm not even going to tip my hand too much, but sometimes we're not really wild about you know this, you know these sort of things. So. Yeah, I got I kind of got the uh, the feeling mm-hmm. from Rick and his silence that he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, Rick is like Rick is listening to what his mom said. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> How'd you know my mom said that? <laughs> Everybody's mom said that. <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> That's awesome. So we'll we'll take the silence as your answer, Rick. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
All right. Uh, here's another question. Um, Rick, are you able to see the show notes? As we're... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is from Morgan. Hey, how do you pronounce it? Morgan R. Mor- <laughs> it looks like Morgana FR. Morgana. Oh, Morgan. Okay. From England. So. <clears throat> or Morgan FR. Morgan FR. I don't from, know. Something. Yeah. From over in England. So, anyway, the person says Say you were shooting with just Canon gear and you have to buy any Nikon DSLR camera. Because you just have to get that one Nikon lens that Canon just doesn't have. Which lens would that be? At the same time, I guess you're saying, if you are a Nikon shooter, what Canon lens would it be? So I guess this boils down to, if you're a Canon shooter, what lens does maybe Canon or, or what, if you're a Canon shooter, what lens does maybe Nikon or Sony have that Canon doesn't have? And the opposite, right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm happy with, uh, you know, I'm a Canon shooter. So I can only answer, you know, from from that point, uh, from that standpoint. But you know, I'm happy with all the lenses, and you know, all the camera manufacturers keep introducing, you know, new and exciting lenses. Canon just introduced this. I, I'm sure you read about it, Derek and uh, and Frederick. This new eight to fifteen millimeter fisheye lens. Mm. Yeah, eight to fifteen millimeter fisheye lens. Wow. So this is this is amazing. So, you know, to answer the question, you know, I'm happy with all the lenses and I think actually there's um you know, it might be tempting to, you know, look at, at other lenses and say, Oh man, I wish I had this or wish I had that but when I travel, like getting back to Laos and and Cambodia and northern Thailand, I the only lenses I took with me were my seventeen to forty, my twenty four to one oh five and my uh seventy to two hundred F four. Yeah. I, I don't take a lot of lenses. I, yeah. I think uh, the more lens I, I've done workshops where people show up. Derek, does Low Pro make those little pouches that go around your belt that you could put individual uh, lenses yeah. in? Yeah, oh yeah, street and field, buddy. Well, I, I've had people on workshops with like eighteen of those <laughs> <laughs> on their belt. I, I, well, oh I'm exaggerating God. a little, and a backpack, and a shoulder pack, and and the black rapid strap where you could put two cameras on at one time. Jeez! So, so they have access. They have access. Maybe the most I saw was eight lenses. And guess what? This person missed more shots than anybody. Fumbling and trying to find yeah. the right lens to use? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. you know, that, that's how I feel about that. I, I totally agree with that. And we, we talk about that on the show a lot. Um, and David, David uh, Dushman is, uh, you know, I think the, what was the, the phrase he coined that one of the TWIP listeners actually made a T-shirt and sent it to me. It says, shut up and shoot. You know, so, oh, I like but, that. Yeah, yeah. It basically, the gist is, you know, stop talking about gear and stop talking about the stuff that you don't have and that you wish you had, yeah, yeah, and yeah. take what you do have and go out there and create some art and stop lamenting over the fact that you don't have a one point two fifty when you have a one point four. Go out and shoot. You know, right. So, uh, Derek, you do you agree with that, or do you, are you in the camp? Yeah, I don't. We have know you have a lot of gear, but. <laughs> Yeah, I take uh, you know my favorite lenses. I, I love the sixteen to thirty-five two eight, the twenty-four to one hundred five four. That's image stabilized, and then the seventy to two hundred. And I'll take either the four or the two eight, depending on what I'm doing. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I love them both. They're both great lenses. And then uh, I, I take a fifty mil and uh, a fifty one four. And I can do 90% of what I need to do with those four lenses. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I agree. Yeah, don't wear yourself down and try to account for every, hey, a, an alien spacecraft might fly over and I may need it, that 200 millimeter yeah. lens to shoot it, so I better pack it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're just going to weigh yourself down. Actually, I have a picture of this person with this vest, and I'll post it on my blog uh, for the next few days. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, where, where's, where's your blog again, Rick? 
Uh, it's actually I just changed it. It had, it had a long name. I just changed it to uh, Rick Salmon info. Oh, good. It, it's an e-blogger site, but they have this uh, little, you know, um, whatever you call it. Like, you know, they have like dot com, whatever. I made it dot info, so it's good. Very cool. Okay, Rick Salmon info. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number three here is from Heath C from Down Under. He says, "On the final day of my recent trip, my shots were showing what I thought was a large piece of dust or fluff on the sensor of my 40D." And he includes a, a link to the image that we'll put in the show notes. He says he sent it to the store for a clean, and they called me back this afternoon with the news that it's not dust, but a chip on the sensor <laughs> slash low pass filter. Derek, he wants to know: Is this going to be an expensive fix? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! The guy at the store dropped a screwdriver in there. I think is what happened. Oh <laughs> no! Um. Yeah, that's that's not good news, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I looked I looked at that picture, and you know, it doesn't. Or I'm looking at it; it doesn't look like that. It looks like a piece of dust or fluff or or whatever. Yeah, maybe he should get a second opinion. Do you think? Yeah, I maybe. Would, I, you know, that's that's probably what we should be saying. You know, I've been around. Here as, I'm looking um, at this, and the way if this is uh, it looks like a kite. <laughs> it, it does look like a kite. Uh, it definitely looks like a kite. I, I don't know how that could be. I think if it was a, a scratch, no, no. My, my guess is it's fluff. Yeah. Well. Regardless, I would say before you go spend money yeah. to get that replaced or buy a new camera, get get a second opinion and see if they well, can just know, get it off. The, Alex, I think Alex chimed in when he was writing the notes on this, and I agree with him. Uh, I like to send Canon gear to Canon and Nikon yeah. gear to Nikon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, on that note, uh, on I was going to say, you know, cleaning the sensor yourself is an option, and but even now. I've seen people screw this up, so I do recommend what Daryl just said, sending it in. Actually, I was in Antarctica. Derek, Derek. You call him Daryl again. Oh, man. Sorry, Derek. I'm talking to my friend Daryl. Bad photographer. Bad photographer. (laughs) I'm talking to my friend Daryl. Rick, Rick, just call me D. There you go. Big D. Big D. anyway, Anyway, I'm down in Antarctica, and there's this famous wildlife couple on the trip. And their sensor has all this stuff over it. And I said, what happened? He said, well, this kid uh, tried to clean it last night, and it still has all this stuff. So I took a look, and there's all these, like, scratches on it. So this, uh-huh. to make a long story short, what happened is this kid on the trip, <laughs> I swear to God this is true, had just finished eating a bag of pretzels. <laughs> this is, it's not funny. He's just finished eating a bag of pretzels. Then he goes to clean the sensor. He flips open the mirror, and he blows on that is funny he blows on it now in addition to the saliva he has all these salt crystals that go on the low pass filter that's over the image sensor and then he tries to clean it with a swab so the salt crystals you know they're they're abrasive and he scratched the low pass filter that's over the sensor yeah that's a a series of unfortunate events (laughs) that's not good no. All right. Well, yeah. I think we answered that. So the the answer <laughs> is don't send it to anyone but the manufacturer. Get a second opinion. And if it is, in fact, a scratch, it's going to be expensive. Yep. Okay. It's time to give a nod to one of the other sponsors of This Week in Photo. 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace.com. They're the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. And Squarespace has announced new social widgets. If you've been listening to the show, you know we've talked about them on several episodes. And some of those new social widgets include a native Twitter widget that allows you to add multiple accounts, filter by keyword, and customize the look and feel of the design. They've got a native Flickr widget that allows for multiple accounts, and you can lay it out however you want, and also a native RSS widget that allows you to pull in feeds from almost any website on the web and incorporate it into your Squarespace.com site. Um, it, this is some cool stuff in here, so you, sh- you should definitely check it out. One of, one of the more interesting things, at least from my perspective, um, is just the, the Flickr piece of it and being able to, because I, I love Flickr and I love to uh, kind of look at the way, or I love to share my images while I'm on the go and make little tweaks to them and upload them directly from the phone. Um, but now you can do that and send stuff directly up to Flickr and have it automatically come down and be incorporated into your website. So it's really, really cool. So definitely check that out. There's a bunch of cool examples of Squarespace uh, websites at squarespace.com forward slash examples. Um, so you can get a, get a look at what kind of power their, their service has. But if you'd like a free trial, you can head over to squarespace.com forward slash twip. at squarespace.com forward slash twip. You don't need a credit card. You can try it out, build your website. Then if you decide you'd like to purchase it, you'll get 10% off for life when you enter the offer code TWIP. Again, that's squarespace.com forward slash twip. All right, guys, we've come to the time of the show where each of our guest hosts gives their pick of the week. And remember, this can be software, this can be hardware, gear, a workshop, whatever, as long as it's photography related. Um, Rick, I'm going to throw it to you first since you have been on the show in a while. Well, uh, I'm pretty into HDR. And uh, Nick Software has this new uh, plugin, Nick HDR Effects Pro. Hmm. And it's really cool. And what's cool about it is, like with all the Nick software, you can place control points within within the within the picture. So even after you do all the really cool uh, HDR effects, you can, can you know control it. You don't have to go into uh, Photoshop uh, to do some more stuff. Plus, and this is a big plus, and I think all the not all a lot of the plugins are going this way. There's a ton of presets. I think the presets are great starting points. You know, you know, you, you might like it, but if you want an individual effect you could tweak of course that presets just like in photoshop <laughs> you know variations was never a good place to uh, yeah. right i mean but it gave you an idea oh maybe it needs a little more yellow then i'll go into you know color balance and change it around right so a uh, nick hdr uh, effects pro now is that a, is that a photoshop plugin is it a lightroom thing uh, or a standalone what is it it works in i know it works in photoshop i know it works in uh, lightroom okay my guess is if it doesn't work in aperture it will Awesome. All right. And we'll, we'll give a link to that in the show notes so folks can check it out. And Derek, what's your pick of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with the 60D. Uh, I, I like it a lot. And uh, in part, I'm going with it because I think it's a little misunderstood because of the name right now. And so uh, the asterisk I put with it, if, um, if you want to really step up from a, a Rebel to a, a camera that's, I think, uh, a lot more fun and substantial for not much more money, really, uh, take a look at it with fresh eyes. Just forget the name. Just say, just look at it as uh, as what it is, which is a, a very modern camera. Very modern camera. Awesome. And affordable. Yeah. What, what does it cost again? 
you can get it for about a thousand dollars. Awesome. Yeah, nine ninety nine without a without a lens. Very cool. The Canon sixty D. All right, and my pick is something a little bit uh, unconventional. It's uh, I use WordPress for we use WordPress on the thisweekinphoto.com site. I use it on my blog, um, and it is uh, the the pick is this this piece of software. It's a plugin for WordPress called Pretty Link. Pretty Link. Now, John P is a is a guy. He actually runs runs uh, Woopra, which is an analytics site, and we had him on a while ago. But he did a great write up of this piece of software, and I'm linking to it. And if you guys look in the show notes, you'll notice that the link that I put in here to the to John P's blog article is fvj.me slash three random characters, and that's what this plugin does. It allows you to create your own. URL shortener so that I don't have to use Bitly. I don't have to use any of these other guys. I registered fvj.me, which if you just type that in by itself, it'll go to my blog. But fvj.me slash these characters, I set it to go to John P's blog. Now, why would I want to do that instead of just using Bitly? Well, I control it completely. So I can look at the analytics. I can see how many people clicked on that link. I can change this later. So if I made this fvj slash me or fvj dot uh, me slash say pretty, you know, I could do a custom link like that. And then later I decide, you know what? I don't want this to go to John P's blog anymore. I want this to go over to this place that I have an affiliate link set up or whatever. I can control it on the back end and the link stays persistent wherever it happens to be referenced on the internet. So I control it on my end. And I think it's very powerful for photographers. So as you start sharing your work around, you can track how many people are clicking on it. So you put a a link to your Flickr feed, for example, or an image in your Flickr feed, you can bitly link it, but you can also, you could change that link on the back end later if you want to control it. So for me, it was all about control and all, also about being able to, if somebody sees fvj.me and they just type that in, they're like, I wonder what that URL shortener is. It'll take them to my blog directly. So it's just, you know, having a little bit more control over the links that you spread around the internet. So very smart, very yeah. smart, very cool. Yeah, uh, very smart. Uh, you know, uh, you know, service, but also a very smart of you to do that. Yeah, it's 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 well. Now we can, so it's really cool yeah. to do that. And you know, the three letter bit.ly mm-hmm. is Bitly, right? And that's the mm-hmm. URL shortener that I had been using, but now it's just my three letter dot something. So it's now just fvj.me. So easy, cool. All right. All right, guys. We are at the end of the show already. This has been a great show, by the way. Always yeah, it's great. Fun. One. It's Always great fun. to have great to have adult supervision on yeah, the show. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think also, I, was gonna, I, was a little, I think I was a little honorary today for adult supervision. I'm I'm gonna have to get back on the beam so I can keep my title. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you you'll have that title forever. And uh, Rick, we, we know I heard a rumor that your title is the godfather of photography. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, man. You got a little you, know, I, you got a little cannon ring that people yeah, have to kiss if they come to your workshops? That's it. You know what? I figure, you know, you know, talking about, you know, getting older, I figure, you know, I'm sixty, right? I figure when I'm eighty, I'm gonna right now I say, Hey, I'm Rick Salmon. I figure when I'm eighty I'm gonna go, Hey, I used to be Rick Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, Ouch. no books, no no apps, you know. Yeah, it's all over. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, uh, Rick, where, where, where are you at online again? Oh, well, actually, ricksalmon.info is a good place. Okay, that's that can link to all your different yep. online presences, your Twitter, yep. all that stuff? Yep. Awesome. And Derek Story, where are you at? 
uh, thedigitalstory.com. That's everything flows through there. And uh, if you're interested in the workshops, just send me a note, Derek at thedigitalstory.com. D-E-R-R-I-C-K. D-E-R-R-I-C-K. Cool. D-E-R. As we like to say, Derek spelled correctly. Sorry, all you other Dereks out there. <laughs> and it's not Daryl. It's not Daryl. Not Daryl. <laughs> you might want to register. You might want to set up that email address just in case. Daryl right. at the digital store. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. <laughs> All right, guys and uh, listeners, if you want to keep up with everything in the Twip universe, you can just head over to thisweekinphoto.com. There, you'll find links to our Facebook fan page, our Twitter account. And so much more. And if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can check out my blog at frederickvan.com or now fvj.me or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Frederick Van. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.